Welcome. Welcome back. Here we are again to the 495. That's it. Your host, Michael White <laughs> from uh, GreaterLongIsland.com. This is uh, Tom Wonk from The Float Place. What's going on? And today's a very special day on the podcast, correct? Yeah, I think I think it is. It is, right? It's us. Yeah, it's just, uh, just the two of us. It's just the two nice. of us. Very romantic. Uh, we have no guests today uh, by design. Mm. Uh, we, wanted to, um, we wanted to get the listeners familiar with... Uh, with ourselves and who we are and where we're coming from and what we do. Um, so that's why we're here today. Uh, a little background. Uh, I um, I float. That means, uh, Tom, what does that mean for our <laughs> listeners in, in a I few float. seconds? <laughs> <laughs> he, um, Mike comes and floats at the float place. Yeah. And uh, we offer sensory deprivation sen- uh, sessions, which are incredible for stress relief and just relaxation in general and rehab for sports injuries and you know, a whole plethora of things, and yeah. uh, that's where Mike and I met, naturally. I wish I had sports injuries. That'd be a lot cooler than my own anxiety problems. <laughs> no, it's just stress and just a lot of shit I got to figure out. And yeah, then next yeah. he's like some CrossFit guy. He's like, all right, you pussy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so um, Tom and I got to talking, uh, you know, at the float place in Patchogue, and um, and then at Catch, right? We spilled over to Catch. Yep. And, uh, you know, Tom has experience in, in podcasting. Uh, which I did not, but I but I, I could talk and uh suggest that we um team up and, and put something together to try to uh try to get into the nitty gritty of um you know folks uh who are interesting, inspiring here on in the island, uh find out what makes them tick and you know, also what makes this such a cool place to live. Yeah, and I, I uh I definitely threw you a little bone before we before we met up, yeah. And like, uh, hey, do you do you check out podcasts or listen to talk radio or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. Just to kind of like give you a little bit of, hey, this is kind of where I'm at, so that when I mention this idea, it's not just totally <laughs> right. off the wall. I actually did grow up uh, and still do listen to talk radio. My father always had. I don't think he's ever turned on music. I'm not even sure if he's familiar with music as a thing uh, outside of like the electric slide at a wedding. Um, but uh, <laughs> I grew up listening to to talk radio. Um, Mostly conservative talk radio, and then sports talk radio, and then you know NPR and local radio stations. So um, yeah, I have a, and I actually have experience in radio. I used to do a weekly show at WRIV in Riverhead, okay. um, and uh, and then did a weekly show at the uh, uh, Peconic uh, uh, Bay uh, Broadcasting, Peconic Public Broadcasting (PBB), oh, um, nice. which is an NPR affiliate out in Southampton. Right. So I was on a show on Fridays called The Media Mavens. It was myself and a couple other um, journalists uh, on the island that would talk about sort of like things that were happening. When you know, when you listen to talk radio or like whatever you know, podcast or whatever you listen to, you know, do you listen to podcasts at all or just? No, I have like a podcast phobia. I, you know, I never had an auxiliary cable, and <laughs> you know, then I was worried I was going to chew my data up on my phone, in the car, because I don't really listen in the car, you know? Right, right. So I just kind of never got involved. <laughs> I didn't, I never listened to talk radio or podcasts or anything until uh-huh. October 20th of 2004. And that is the day that I got my Scion TC that had satellite radio in it. And I was blown away, but I could listen to, you know, radio from all yeah. over, you know? Yeah, comedy, um, Nat Geo, whatever type of topic you were into at the e- time. Exactly. And that was the first time I was ever like, all right, let me check out talk radio. And the girl I was dating then loved Opie and Anthony. And they uh-huh. were, had just gotten on XM, and I started listening to them. And then I found out they were from Long Island, and I liked them, you know, I liked them even more. Sure, yeah. And they were hilarious. And they also 
taught me a lot. You know, like I actually learned a lot when I was listening to them while I was laughing my ass off while right, I was right. driving. You right, know what right. I mean? Um, and that's, I think, one of the best things about listening to podcasts or radio shows or whatever you listen to. Like, it's, it's almost found time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to drive where you're driving to anyway. Now you're just going to listen to something. And you might learn something. You might laugh, whatever it is. And it's not right. costing you anything. There's not a net loss. Whereas some people may look at, like, a book. Not I'm saying I'm not saying that it is. <laughs> and some people might look at a book and be like, well, I don't want to sit there and just read. Right. Um, well, now it's not like you're just sitting there. You're actually still doing what you're doing, and you still might be able to get something right. from it. And I hope this is interesting for people because, look, if someone could walk away from one of these podcasts and laugh out loud uh, and feel like they learned something, and on top of it, have it be local voices, people they may, you know, whose voices they may hear at a restaurant. You know, I think that adds a kind of extra layer of, of coolness to it, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely, man. But yeah, I never got into Opie and Anthony. I was into Stern, you know? So they came on the scene. I was like, I'm a Stern guy, you know? Right, I mean? right. <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, and then Stern went on satellite and I didn't have it. And I was a broke 20-something-year-old, so I wasn't going to start springing for it either. So yeah. just kind of lost touch for a while. It's uh yeah it's, it was kind of interesting when when Stern and Opie and Anthony were on the air at the same time or on uh, satellite at the same time because I had like this behind the scenes and also in front of the scenes you know like feud going on right and right. meanwhile like they're all just making boatloads of money they're right. all just having a good time during the day busting each other's balls feuds like, are good for ratings yeah and hot ninety seven hot ninety seven when you know rappers would start feuding with each other they'd quickly script a song ripping on the other guy and then like the ratings we would just like sit there waiting for the next answer to that other guy's song you know just sit there in awe as they're just <laughs> yeah. going back and forth like how yeah. do they do that it's amazing <laughs> seriously um so yeah and then you and i have actually similar backgrounds in that we had careers oh i guess i'm still in the career i've always been in but i was never a business owner before and, and neither were you right no no the float <laughs> uh and actually it's it's kind of weird i heard about floating and i opened the flow place from listening to talk radio as weird oh, wow. as that sounds. look at that yeah opie and anthony had on uh joe rogan onto their show and he mm. started talking about he had a float tank in his basement and I'm like what what is a float tank yeah and it sounded crazy and I, did, I didn't even look into it at first and then it kept having him on and then I started listening to Rogan's podcast and he kept talking about it more and more and I'm like you know what let me try one of these freaking things wow. and then from there that's, that's how the float play started wow. so it kind of all goes back to that October 20th 2004 and I got my scion it's amazing it was pretty cool and I think kind of like work out and here we are today the yeah. same thing with podcasting what got into that if I didn't start listening to talk radio so right. yeah it's pretty awesome. wild, man. How things kind of really awesome. work out, especially and when you step back and you look at them. You know, not a lot of people do that when things transpire. They're like, I don't even know how I wound up here, and it's right. like, well, think about a, like three or four key things that happened that got you here, because right. there probably are a few of them. Yeah, I, I certainly am one to step back a lot and assess how you know what decisions in my life led me to where I am now, and uh, it's so valuable, man. Not a lot of people do that, and it's really yeah, it's like conscious living, you know, mm-hmm. instead of just unconsciously rolling around you know um and then you know you could assess things you may have done that you could have done differently and then in the future something else occurs of crossroads in your life and then you know you could you know you could basically correct your mistakes so to speak you know right if you just take a little time to think about it and that's i think that's why i love floating so much too you know one float session i went through every grade of my school career and tried to remember all the teachers, the faces. Really? Yeah. I went through every grade. It was great. Nice. We able, yeah. You got through all, like, K- 1 through 12? I don't know. Like I started zoning out at some point. You know, you go into that, like, yoke. You know, that <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden you start talking about, <laughs> thinking about somebody you were in sixth grade with or seventh grade with, and you go down yeah, some you, rabbit hole. and then <laughs> That's right, yeah. And then you find the music playing in your back. <laughs> and you that's know, it. The, it's over. The float place, actually, when you're in that sensory deprivation um, bath, um, 
they call them tanks, but here in Patrick they're baths, right? Yeah, the big rooms. Um, you actually, uh, it's it's silent in there. But then when you, uh, you know, when your time is up, you guys start playing some like kind of like natural music, and then get up stand up plays. Yeah, you play like a cool. nice relaxing song, and then that fades down, and then Bob Marley get up stand up fades in to kind yeah, of say yeah. to like, Eric, you got to get up and go. Come on, <laughs> the session's over. <laughs> yeah, very very gentle way of telling people. Yeah, it's like a little nudge, you know, yeah. like come on, you're you're about done here. <laughs> well, it's great, honestly, man. Uh, we're so happy that you that you chose Patchog. Oh, thanks, uh, dude. Like James Skidmore said at a previous uh, podcast, um, it's almost like it makes so much sense for Patchog, and um, it's a real asset to the community having wow. having a resource like that here. Right? Thanks, dude. Really, it's uh, it's all you know. It's great to be in Patchog. Really, right. I mean, uh, very welcoming place, right? Yeah, it just the. You know, which is also another reason why we started this podcast, which is like, let's just hang out with some of the people that live and work down here because yeah. there are some cool ass people right, that just right. walk around. And when you and I were talking about the idea of the podcast, we even were like, we'll just get random people off the street. Like, yeah, yeah why not? Because <laughs> yeah, right everybody not. we meet for the most part is pretty cool. Somebody you'd want to have, you know, hang around yeah. with. Even the people that you don't really want to hang around with, you kind of want to have a little conversation with them to see how they got here. Right. right you know, right, before you right. stop hanging out with them. Well, we're headquartered here on Waverly, and there are some characters that walk by here. I, I tell you that. So, uh, Do you want me to flag one of them down? Yeah, if, we have, <laughs> if this conversation was them, maybe we can, <laughs> this guy just went fishing, it looks like. Nice. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, happy to be here with you. Yeah, uh, dude. Now, did you, when you jumped into a, a business, and, and you, you operate a little differently than I do, I mean, you have two brick and mortar locations. I personally can't imagine. Uh, that type of stress because I, I I'm in like a digital virtual world, uh, so you have locations in Deer Park. The one in Deer Park is it in a uh, where is it in Deer Park exactly? I haven't seen it. Is it in a strip mall? Um, is it like a freestanding building? It is in a freestanding building, like two miles south of the LIE, mm-hmm. um, and I share. It's like there's three offices in there. There's two doctors' offices and then the flow place, so it kind um, of goes in well. It's like a health you know health place. It is nice, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's incredibly stressful. I was actually talking to my mom about it this morning, yeah. just saying like it's you know I wake up very often in the middle of the night just like thinking about this and thinking about that. And it's interesting because it's not as much financial as I'm not saying it's not, but sure. it's not as much financial as it is like you know I have fifteen, sixteen staff members now in both places, and it's like you know their livelihood relies on this and and mm-hmm. relies on the decisions that I make and my partner makes and how we go about things and. Um, not that it makes me second guess things, but it does make me wonder like, well, is this, I, I guess it does make me guess, second guess mm-hmm. things. Like, is this the right move or is this, are we on the right path? Sure. And I know that we are, but it's still, I guess that natural tendency to second guess yourself. I, I you imagine. Know? I mean, look, I have, um, you know, we have, you know, I work with, with freelancers mainly, uh, Nick Esposito is our main reporter. He works, you know, most days and, um, you, you pay that guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's <a> volunteer, <laughs> and uh, and even today, you know, he he had mentioned about coming down to help out, and I said no, and I thought about it afterwards. I'm like, I, ho- I hope it didn't hurt his feelings. I just know he was swamped, and mm-hmm. was trying to take some off his plate. So that's one guy I have to worry about. If you get 15, 30, 45 employees, I can't imagine the sort of sort of macro approach you have to take, where it's more about a tone setting, cultural thing, versus hey, is this one person happy? Is this one person satisfied? Because if it's too many people, you just have zero control over what's happening as far as, you know, their emotional state because they're not with you all the time. With other people, you have no idea what your other employees might have said to these people. Um, and, uh, yes, yeah, so that's something that's foreign to me. Most small business owners do have a lot of employees. Uh, but, yeah, so maybe yeah. one day I'll have two. It's really uh, – <laughs> honestly, you just hit it right in the head with what you just said, whereas you kind of convey like a, a culture or an idea um, to the general – 
general staff as a whole rather than individually because yeah. I just couldn't do it. You know, I can't. It's hard for me to exactly understand what a 22 year old girl who has totally different aspirations of working in a float center would want to do. She liked working in the float center, but that's not necessarily her dream. You know right. what I mean? Um, whereas somebody else that works there, it might be their dream. And right. it's like, I just need them both to understand what my dream is and where I think it's going and what we are doing to get it there. And buy in. What's that? And buy in. And not make, not essentially buy in, but make them understand, like, look, I'm genuine. This is what I really want to do. Kind of make them understand, like, all right, I'm, I'm not just working for a guy who's doing it for the money. I'm, I'm working for a guy who doing it, who's doing it because he loves it. Right. And he wants to keep growing and keep spreading it. Not for the bottom line, just because it's such a good thing and a cool thing. Like, why wouldn't you want to spread this thing? Right. You know right. what I mean? Um, conveying that is definitely the most important thing. But it's hard, too, because they only see what they see and mm. I'm not going to come in one day and be like, listen, I wasn't here all day yesterday, but I was home and I did this and this and this and this, and I'm not going to go through my whole day with staff. Um, right. But I know that I was home working my, my ass off. <laughs> right. They just yeah. they didn't see it. You know, and even when you're not working, you're still thinking, you're thinking, of, look, I take a shower. All I'm thinking about is what's next. You know, what's the next big project? You know, um, what are some tasks I have to get to? Not that I'm in there stressed out, but you know, you, even when you're by yourself, what, in your own business that you're trying to build, whether you're riding a bike or you're doing something constructive, you're jogging, you're still thinking about that business and and um, and how to fulfill that vision that you want to fulfill. You yeah. Know? Thankfully for guys like you and I, we do we uh, we found stuff that we're good at, that we're passionate about, and it's stuff that helps people. Yes. You know, so um, to me, that's a definition of living a, a good, you know, sp- spiritually successful life. Finding something. You're good at finding your unique talents and using those talents to to serve people, to help people, um, to build your community, and uh, and it's it's just a good feeling. Um, yeah, and if you could do that, why you putting a roof over your head and feeding yourself, like and raising, you know, supporting a family and everything, like well, there's no losers in that situation. Right, you know what right. I mean? If you could walk away, or a client could walk away from a meeting and have a smile on their face, and you have a smile on their face, and everybody feels good, like what? Everybody's a winner there. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. So how could you not want to continue to grow that that kind of idea? Right. Yeah. You yeah. know. But it's been uh it is really interesting, you, you know, um how some people only really care about money and right. it's right. I'm realizing more and more that the people that really only care about money and the people that really penny pinch and, and nickel and dime you like right. people that nickel and dime others that's all they're ever going to count in nickel and dimes. Keep right. got nickels and dimes. That's all you're ever going to count. Just look at the bigger picture. Forget, you, you know what I mean? Because yeah, I've worked with exactly people <laughs> that counted nickels and dimes. You know where they are? They're still right there doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, and that's just not that's not good. It's not well, conducive it's, for growth. I think that's real ego-driven stuff and status-driven stuff. Uh, um, fear. It's probably fear of you know losing some comforts or you know mm-hmm. wanting a nicer car and and things like that. Where um, I think it's a I don't know if this happens naturally to people, um, but as you just described, I was thinking about that the other day. Like, money, as long as I can keep paying my bills and I'm not stressed about that, and that happens, um, I'm so macro, man, when it comes to stuff like that. Like, I'm the opposite of whatever a penny pincher is, you know? Right, right. Like, I don't even think about it, you know? I just keep doing what I do. Which and is I a know benefit eventually. and a detriment, I think. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. You wake up the end of a week and you're like, Dude, I dropped four hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah, fuck to that happen. <laughs> but uh, but yes, yeah, so, and I'm not like a loose big spender either. But um, but certainly you know that sort of uh, penny pinching thing that you described is just not me, man. No, <laughs> it's not. It's not beneficial. And 
staff members see it. Um, I don't client. think you could be like that if you're trying to grow a business. No, no, you just you can't. can't. No way. And I don't mean to cut you off. It reminded no. me of something that um, our friend, uh, friend of the show, John Murray, who owns the Kilwins Center uh, locations, Kilwins Ice Cream, and Kilwins is um, the bomb in uh, Patchogue and Babylon. Uh, he, you know, he had written a column for me because he would do business advice column, and that was his point, man. Like, you know, don't be stupid when it comes to like, oh, I could save thirty-two cents per unit o- over this, and what are you going to do with that extra two hundred fifty dollars a month? Where right, where you where you're conveying something to your clientele, your customers that you're cutting corners, and that could actually end up, you know, hurting you more when people think you're kind of, you know, mailing it in. Uh, as far as you know, little tiny things like the quality of your you know, toilet paper, for instance. Yeah, absolutely. And, and honestly, the same thing goes to the staff, too, because the staff is used to a quality of A, and now next week they have quality B. They're going to be like, man, so are things getting worse here? Right. Or are we just going down in quality? Or is, all right, so I can leave the counter dirty now because we're going down right. in quality. Yeah, is that like broken is that window the, syndrome. Is, exactly. Is that yeah. the path that we're on now? So, okay, I guess that's the path that we're on now. Yeah. Like, and if you don't keep yourself with this excellent standard, mm-hmm. it's just everything erodes away. It's so funny because as I'm talking and as you're talking, I'm reminded of a prior place that I worked at I was sort of new there. It was like a mo- uh, maybe six months in, and all of a sudden, all the all the paper towels were were, were being replaced with like these crappy, oh, the shitty grainy stuff, like grainy stuff school? from school. Yeah, oh, and I'm just like, oh god, I just I just left the Daily News, you know, like, you know, it just you know, I got over it real fast, and everything was fine. But right. just you had that, that moment. Thing, yeah, I had that moment, like, oh shit, if are we worrying about saving, you know few bucks a month because of this and what if i have to ask for a raise one day <laughs> yeah is that where we're at like <laughs> but uh it's true i mean it's really you know you see that grainy paper it's oh like, that grainy paper oh, you know remember when you had to blow your nose on that paper like yeah. if you're in a jam you know? red or your ass <laughs> yeah it's tough man <laughs> oh man but it's really it is very interesting how now when i go through pretty much all my motions like the example you said before like oh when you're in the shower you think about this and this like when I'm in the shower now, especially when I travel, if I go anywhere and I'm in the shower, I'm looking around like, oh, is that a cool thing for this shower? Is that a cool thing for the shower? Because I have eight showers in my float center. Right, right, so right. I want to know, like, what's cool for a shower? Oh, what right. kind of shower head is that? And, like, people might think that sounds ridiculous, but, like, all I see all day is showers. <laughs> so, like, of course it's what I'm going to pay attention to when I go places, you know? Um, Chris Kelly, who works at TriTech, uh, the builders of New Village at Patchogue and, and the shipyard oh, yeah, okay. up in Port Jeff and another project in Lindenhurst. Uh, he had gone to Disney World with his family, and he's a developer. He works for a development company. And he was interested. He was taking pictures, not of his family. Well, I'm sure he was of his family, too, but of the way when Disney would set up, like, a staging area for construction. Yeah. Like, the signage they would use, you know, to make <laughs> it just kind of blend seamlessly mm-hmm. into all the other beautiful things that happened at Disney. He gets the job done, but it's not disruptive. Yeah, exactly. Right? It doesn't look like shit, you know? So it's like, wow. I mean, then those... Those people are the best, man. Yeah, I got to get better than Disney. <laughs> yeah, if they could rule the world. <laughs> yeah, I would. That wouldn't be so bad, man. A Disney World, it'd be a Disney World. There yeah, you go. it'd be a Disney World. You know, <laughs> oh man. Although we got some background on Disney World, it's not all. Uh, it's true. Peaches and cream, you know, with the it's human kind of- drama that occurs behind the behind the scenes over there. That's I'm referring to our first podcast with uh, Rebecca Hudson, a former Disney worker. Yeah, it definitely yeah. depends on what uh, if you're a cast member, or if you're a yeah. uh, what was it actor. Yeah. She got fired, but were demoted because they had tattoos. You know? Yeah, the old tramp stamp gets you every time. Yeah, the tramp stamp. <laughs> she had reached to get a pen, and it was over. That's my but, um, but yeah, so I guess Disney would be fun. It'd be a little uh, despotic though if you if you have a tattoo and all of a sudden you got a you got a new job somewhere. Yeah, but everything's organized. You know how everything's gonna happen. I guess you know it's, it's, it's the greater all laid good. Out. You say fine, I'll just do this. 
<laughs> but uh, but yeah. So now we got a name for our podcast, the Four Nine Five, which we're excited about. Yeah. Um, we started the first few. You know, it'll. You know, we're headquartered in Patchog. Um, a lot of our connections uh are probably here, so it may be a little Patchog heavy. But right away, uh, I've had people reaching out to me from Bayshore, from Babylon, from Port Jeff, who wanna who wanna get involved. So we're definitely gonna be opening this thing up to um to at least GreaterLongIsland.com's current coverage areas, which is most of Central Suffolk County, outside of like Smithtown and Huntington, we haven't really hit yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, if we if we interview, for instance, um. You know Terry Novak, the executive chef at Rum, who said she was interested. Um, you know she's she's a Longwood person, grew up in Longwood, still lives there. Uh, so no matter who we're interviewing, you know all these people are going to be coming from different areas. So it made sense to kind of come up with a name that was all encompassing for the island. Um, so the four nine five did it for us. Yeah, absolutely. Plus we got that great Ujiwawa song at the beginning. <laughs> the words are so it's it's an awesome song. One day, um, one day we'd love to have Ujiwawa in here. At least two of the guys. Um, absolutely. Come they, on down, they guys. Typically, play a live after five. Um, I'm not sure if they're at a live by the bay. I, live by the bay. If you go to greaterbayshore.com, uh, live by the bay is every Tuesday in the summer. I usually don't plug the site like this, but um, and we just posted the band lineup. Nice. So um, so yeah, if people want to go check that out. Uh, so yeah, so Ujiwa would be great to have them in here. That was very generous of them to license us their their music. Yeah, thank you very um, much. Appreciate it, really, guys. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, so um, this is the fourth installment. Yes, it is the fourth one. You can find us on iTunes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Bean yeah. Pod, uh, Pod Bean, Pod Bean. Okay. Yeah, I think you could probably just look up the Four Nine Five podcast on Google, and okay. uh, Pod Bean will come up. Oh, cool! And uh, as we do more and more, it'll become easier and easier to find it, just because more, you know, keywords will be up and tags right, and that right. kind of stuff will be Excellent. up. Excellent. Yeah, so it's uh, it's gonna be good. We're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it fresh. We're gonna keep new people coming in. Yeah. You know, teach people some shit. And I, I I tell people, you know, not to cut you off, but I tell people, uh, a couple of people reached out to me. I said, you got to be prepared. Like, we want this show to be about the guest uh, and their story as a human being. Mm-hmm. And, you know, more about that. And then oscillate back and forth between that. And obviously what they do for a living is going to be a big part of who they are as well. But um, hopefully it's not people just here hawking their new book or something like you like you hear on a lot of radio. Uh, we hope it's people that are willing to open up, tell their stories, be honest, drop an F-bomb now and again, you know, not worry what, if mom is listening. Um, yeah, man, and, last uh, week, Coco <laughs> Coco was a great guest last week, oh, man. Coco Phenomenal. Awesome. Yeah, if, if you haven't heard that already, um, yeah, the, the interview with Coco from Coco Motion <laughs> was, just, was just awesome. And then we're popping it on Instagram, we're popping some, uh, some sort of sound bites that we, you know, every episode has one really cool soundbite, you know, that kind of stands out. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to go through, pick that out, share it on Instagram, and then every time we post, we'll be sharing, so it'll be good. So today's kind of theme, I guess, so to speak. Did you have uh, any business owners in your family? Uh, my you did, right? Stepfather. My okay. stepfather is, uh, is a business owner. Okay. I'm just curious because when I, um, you know, I had great support uh, going into this for my family, but I didn't come from a family of... Oh, does that sound better? I should be talking like this, right? Yeah, it does sound better. Um, I didn't come from a family of business people at all. I, mean, mm-hmm. I came from a family of civil servants, um, cops, firefighters, you know. Um, right, right. So certainly to some of them, what I was doing was kind of a foreign concept. Like, what do you mean? You you have a steady paycheck and you're going to walk away? And um, Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, the answer was, yeah. It was one of those ideas uh, that the more I thought about this, the better it got. There were no flags, you know. Um so yeah, that's that's basically um, that's basically what I do. 
<laughs> it um I actually worked for my for my stepfather. He owned a uh, blimpy sandwich shop and I ran it for him and it sucked. It was like <laughs> it, it was the worst thing ever. Um the day I started there, I remember I texted my girlfriend I was dating at the time and I actually texted her from my Scion. Shout out to Scion. Mm. Um I want to be done with this as soon as I can. Wow. And I day walked up. inside. That was the first day I started there because I walking in, I was like, I don't want to fucking do this. But the only reason I did it is because um, or I thought that I kind of was on a path to own a business with my stepfather and kind of open up something with him. Yeah. Um, so I worked there for friggin' nine years. Wow. Yeah. And holy shit, man. For the first like. And that first day you knew that wasn't you. Yeah, I didn't want to do it. You lived yeah. a lie for nine years. You learned a lot. I'm sure you did. You know what? It was half a lie, half, um, not, a th- yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think it was living a lie. I think it was more of like false belief. Mm. Almost like I knew, yeah, like, this, yep. this isn't going to happen, but I'm going to keep lying to myself. I, so, um, yeah, yeah, keep I, telling myself it's going to yeah, happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, um, and then, yeah, it just didn't, I kind of was realizing more and more like it wasn't going to come to fruition. Yeah, you're sitting, you're waiting for things to sort of come around to change. Yeah. And it just, was it going to happen? And then mm. I started floating. I went floating twice. And after my second time, I was like, this is going to be awesome. So I actually approached my my father about opening a place with him. And uh, he was on board at first. And uh, he bailed after like two months maybe. I was right, trying right, to get right. stuff together. And I'm like, yeah. dude, I just worked here for like nine years. <laughs> like, But he, there was no, uh, no convincing him. And then, honestly, it was definitely for the best. Because once him and I stopped working together professionally, our personal relationship definitely got yeah. better. Um, that happens. Yeah, it definitely does. So, you know. Good, and you know what? If his heart wasn't in it, um, you, you know, you want someone, when you're asking for, an, you know, investment capital or you want someone who, you know, on an emotional level really believes in what you're doing and wants and wants it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he I mean, thought I was think, crazy. You know, in this small business, um, I'm sure on a, you know, on a different level, it's just more about dollars and cents, but for something like this, a passion project, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think your backer needs to be like, so on board, you know. Yeah, I definitely realize there are when starting a new business or a new idea or a new venture, whatever it is, like if there's not someone on board with passion that genuinely gives a fuck, not because of money, that the thing works. Yeah. It's it's not gonna work. It's just yeah. not gonna work. Cause if everybody on board just cares about money, we're gonna go back to what we were saying before with the with the uh, nickel and diming people, yeah. and it's just it's not gonna work. You know what I mean? Um. Even like the guy Wynn, who built that amazing hotel out in Vegas, like he cares about the client experience. One of the things that he says he focuses on is the experience that the people have when they come to his hotels. Right. So that's why he builds amazing hotels because he cares about that. That's why he pays back his investors like a year early, whatever the hell he did, because he cares just about the experience that the people have. Yeah, product and, first. Yeah. I'm sorry, did I cut you off? No, that's fine. If, and if if they if he only cared about money and they didn't have the passion for it, it just wouldn't. If you know anything about cars and and if you heard or read, I didn't read. I just probably heard a, uh, you know, an NPR episode uh, about the downfall of um, about uh, GM, mm-hmm. uh, really. Um, and they said it started the company started to go downhill when they took the the when they took the leadership away from the creative when when the engineers weren't the empowered, you know, leaders of the company mm-hmm. when that shifted to the accountants. You know, to the bean counter. So that's when everything turned to plastic. Started to go to shit. Yeah, plastic bumpers and plastic dashboards right, and plastic right. f- fucking everything. Yeah, exactly. So you know, you know, the, as far as Greater Long Island goes, um, I think part of a, what works about it is it wasn't five guys in publishing with a few bucks who came together and said we're going to create something from you know, um, 
it was just one guy mm-hmm. who liked to write, <laughs> yeah, know? and liked people and liked to report, and uh, you know I was able to figure out the sales stuff, you know, which I had no experience with and no interest in really, mm-hmm. but now I have an interest in it because I have an interest in helping people, and um, you know when I am sitting with clients and we're talking about how to how to convert some sales for them, how to uh, drum up interest for an event or something. I now I now I get a real kick out of um, you know being able to sell products at work. Yeah, and it's really, you know, you said you weren't really, like, into it. You weren't, kind of didn't really have that mindset when you first started doing it, but you almost gained that mindset and gained the knowledge and the mentality because you have to. Right. It's like, listen, I got to start yeah. selling some things or else I'm going to starve, so yeah. I'm <laughs> going to start selling some stuff. And then you, you kind of learn what, hopefully, you learn yeah, what yeah. works and, and learn what doesn't work. And yep. um, I think that's probably what holds a lot of people back from opening their own business or starting their own anything, mm. which is that initial, like, I don't I don't know. I don't know what to do. Just that little doubt. Once yeah, that doubt gets in there. Kernel, yeah. And it's like, I've, just as you have, I've met a lot of really successful people that, like, after the conversation, I'm like, that that's the fucking guy? Him? He, he's a dope. <laughs> um, and it's like, you can only but meet... But that dope went for it, right? That dope went for it, and that yeah. dope got it done. It can only meet so many people, at least for me. I only yeah. met so many people like that where I'm like, I, I could do that. Right. Like, I've, I could definitely do that. Yeah. Um, and just know that you're going to be able to figure out whatever yeah. you need to figure out. Because if not, you're going to fail. Yeah. And, and, then it, if, it, and if you fail, you just do it again. You know? Yeah, yeah. We'll come up with the next venture. You know, there's a lot of successful people in history that you know failed a few times um, before uh, before they broke through. Abe Lincoln, Robert Moses. These are people that were down and out because their dreams were shattered at a fairly young age, 30s, 40s, and then boom. You know. Yeah. Um, WD one, right? Nope. It's WD forty. With thirty nine <laughs> ones, it didn't work. WD forty was the one that worked. Great. That's it's true. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It is an amazing name. It just sounds well. But it's, you know. Yeah, it's like preparation A through K, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That was going to be my next example. Preparation H just hit, you know. People are like, yeah, this is good. Um, (laughs) But, but yeah, I mean, the money thing was interesting. Um, One of my buddies from the Daily News called me uh, because what I was doing was very public. You know, I'm trying to promote the brand, the site, you know, everything myself. And about a month, six weeks into it, uh, he said, how you doing? You know, how much you making some scratch and... I said, yeah, well, um, this month I made $50. Literally, scratch. That's yeah, a scratch. great example. <laughs> I said, I made $50. He was like, oh, God. You could like, hear the fear for me in his voice, but I didn't fear for me. You know, yeah. I kind of had a build it, they will come mentality. And, um, you know, those first, uh, you know, at first I was just, I just had to take money that, you know, I wasn't earning to put toward paying my household income. And then, um, like you're talking thousands a month. And then as time went on, you know, I had to borrow less and less. And then eventually it was like into like, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul. And then eventually I had a few bucks. You know? Right. And then what you do in business is you take those few bucks, you put it back in the business. Yeah. So then you're always in a sort of robbing Peter to pay Paul state. But, you know, that's that's if you're a reinvestor. And I'm certainly a reinvestor. So any any money goes right back into this thing. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, my goal is to build something big, not to. You know, honestly, not to just kind of be comfortable. That's not my goal. Right, right, which is – that's definitely something else I think that um, it's kind of hard to understand unless you're in it, which is like even though I'm not taking money out of the business, if I'm reinvesting into the business, I feel really good and I feel like I'm making money. Even though I'm not making money, I actually just spent money. Right. Probably more than I even made. I still feel like I'm doing yeah. – like I'm on the right track and I'm Exactly. Doing the right thing because if I wasn't, then it's not going to grow and not going to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Because, like mm-hmm. you said, you want more. You're not just 
don't want to be content. You want to keep growing. And yeah, certainly. And 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 look, if I if I'm um, if I'm funding a bunch of video and photo uh, coverage at some event, you know, that's that's me paying for it. And there's no direct conversions. It's not like the six hundred bucks I spent that weekend on on videos and photos and reporters um, is going to translate immediately into you know sales or something like that you know mm-hmm. but if you want to be good if you want to be respected if you want to if you want to you know be a go-to news resource you have to spend money like that you know and you got to like yeah you got to not even think about it yeah and you got to put it out there you know i have uh, i have a friend who's trying to get a new a new venture going a new business going and he's starting from zero and he doesn't have any experience in the field that he's trying to go into and i keep trying to tell him like just do some pro bono stuff, man. Yeah. Like, just do for for free, literally. Yeah. Like, work for like three or five people for free, just to build up yourself, your portfolio, so that when new people approach you, you approach new people, you can say to them, like, "Look, this is what I did. This is this. This is this." Yeah. Um. And the people that you give that value to, they're gonna talk to people. They're gonna, oh yeah, look what this person did. Look right. at this now. Look right. at this now. And they didn't have to do anything. So it may, it's gonna help them grow their like. Once again, there's no losers. The only thing that right. it would cost you would be time yeah. and the effort to kind of approach that person. Right. And then that's it. And then if you do right by that person for three or four months, and then you're like, all right, well, that's the end of my uh, my little session here. You know, we're all done. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be like, well, listen, how about I keep you on for month five and six and seven, and we go from there. And that's right. the start, you know. But you can't right off the bat be like, hey, I'm going to charge you $1,000 for this. And it's like, well, what right. have you done? Yeah, it's like, well, you? I took some online courses. Well, then I'm not paying you shit because right, I can right. take an online course too. <laughs> Exactly. Yep. Yeah. From what I've seen uh, on a local level, uh, those men and women who are sort of out there taking, you know, something that they believe in, some product, some talent they have and just doing it for people just to just to show others what they what they're capable of Mm -hmm. and not charging or charging very little. um, Those people are usually successful. And what I find ironic is, you know, there's a lot of people out there like that. and there's a lot of products you can get for pretty cheap from someone who's young and hungry. Not so much young, but young to the, that industry and hungry. Yeah. Versus paying for some big outlet, um, you know, with, with 100 employees and a lot of overhead. Um, who's just going to dish their project to some intern anyway who probably has less experience <laughs> than the person. It's so that funny <laughs> that you say that because it, it will – in a big company like that, or even, even not, you know – a big one, but yeah. like even a moderate size company, like yeah. it's going to roll downhill as somebody who probably, like you just said, has right. less experience and or has the same exact experience as the right. other person. Than the other person, but um, yeah, I guess uh, um, and I, again, I don't want to. Well, I guess we're talking about ourselves here, right? So yeah, one thing, I, one challenge I had as a business person is that I could not do this part time. Mm-hmm. So everyone I talked to about my idea was like, oh, why don't you do part time? But I worked for full time as a news editor um, out east and ran two papers out east. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a full-time gig, man. When you come home, there's some fatal accident. You're on the phone. You're coaching reporters at the scene. You're taking feeds. You're putting stories up. Because we, we, we ran uh, our newspapers out east like like the Daily News. You know, this is 24-7. Oh, wow. So okay. there was no way I could do that and do this, you know. Um, there's just no way. So the only way to do it was to completely quit my job and just and just borrow money every month. Got to burn your boat, bro. Yeah. Burn your boat. Want to take over the island? Burn your boat. Yeah, that's it. Because <laughs> if you don't take over the island, you're dead. <laughs> that's pretty much what you did. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was. Uh, but I tell you what, um, like you said, some sleep, some sleepless nights there, and I kind of have so much more respect because if the thing, if, if this thing failed, all right. So it's just like I bought a Cadillac I couldn't afford. Now I gotta go pay it off for the next few years. You know, um, 
But these guys with the brick, brick and mortar, you guys put so much money into this stuff. That would keep me up at night. I gotta tell you, <laughs> it's maybe just because it's so foreign to me. I'm a, I create content. I uh, I work in the realm of intangibles. I don't r- work in brick and mortar, and and um, and I just can't imagine. We're sitting in the building now, right? This is brick and mortar. Yeah, that's right. Right, it we're is. inside now. There's there's a brick facade. <laughs> it's also 300 square feet. <laughs> there's enough room for me and you, um, and and we share it with Benny Migliorino. But uh, but yeah, but just to to, to put that. You know the renovations. You know some of these restaurants, one million, two million, three million dollars. Um, that's faith, man. Yeah, that's. Um, you know, I worked in food industry for a long time. You yeah. know, fifteen, twenty years. I worked with food. Um, I'm really happy I'm not in food anymore. <laughs> I, I really am because that initial, like you just said, that initial, like wow, it takes a lot of faith. Like, you know, I I opened up the flow place from my basement. I can't do that with the restaurant. You know what I mean? I built it up and I kind of yeah. expanded as it would as it was needed. You can kind of do that with a restaurant, I guess, where you maybe open up in like a strip mall and like you take over the spot next to you if you get busy right, enough. Right. But even that is a big leap of faith because it's mm-hmm. like, all right, then we have to completely renovate that side in the hopes that people are going to come in. And keep coming. In the hopes that nobody's going to get sick next mm-hmm. week and post a bad review because that's sometimes all it right, takes, man. Right, One bad right. review and it goes viral. And then if you're early. Or you have yeah. some dope manager who responds poorly to a Yelp review and then that goes viral and now you have to change the name of your restaurant you just renovated it. You know? Yeah. And in today's world, that's yeah. that's what happens. And I'm just worrying about like food spoiling and just, yeah. oh man, the amount of times I worked at Blimpy, here's what I don't miss most about Blimpy. Right. Which is snowstorms and rainstorms and hurricanes. And what fucked me up and really still bothers me now is that I had a wife and I had a kid and when a storm would come, I would immediately start thinking about Blimpy. And I'd be like, well, mm. what if my, my walk-in cooler goes down or all my food goes bad? Like, how am I going to do business next week? How is that going to happen? And because I was working at Blimpy and not making a lot of freaking money, yeah. I was pretty much living paycheck to paycheck. So then my thought went to, well, if that happens, how am I going to pay my mortgage next the week after that? Because now there's no business, no money coming into the business. My father's going to say, don't take your paycheck this right. week. So, I, you know. God. Forget food, man. I'm so happy to be out of food. <laughs> so happy to be on the other side of the bar and just sitting at a table and having somebody yeah, come over and help me out. You know, it's just so much better. And I worked for years serving tables, and I worked at catering halls. Ohika Castle was one of them. And uh, I just remember, you know, we would do third, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. Some of these are like 16-hour shifts at Ohika. Um, you yeah. start by escorting the ladies into the castle. Well, you and gentlemen, you, you. If you. And you end it by, you know... Um, some drunken guy in the cigar flambe room, like slapping your back or something. Um, <laughs> and you know, now it's four in the morning. Like, God, how, how am I going to do this again tomorrow? But, um, but I long to like be on the other side. Like, I just want to enjoy this. I just, you know, yeah, it's man, so nice. The food so is so fun. Yeah. Think he would care if I just went and had one beer with them? Like, yeah. nobody would care, right? <laughs> right. Like, yes, they definitely would care. <laughs> did they care when you did it? Uh, no. I mean, you know, it wasn't like we were sitting down in public, but, you know. Right. We found found ways. Morale (laughs) boosters, we called them. That's huge, man. (laughs) Very important morale boosters. Uh, But, But but yeah, I just wanted to be in that other side. It's funny, though, man. This morning, I actually said it to my mom, the same conversation I was having with her. And I actually did say to her that parts of me, not a lot of me, but parts of me is like, I kind of wish I could go back to when I was like 20 and bartending like three nights a week and bar backing one night a week and then going to school and just like doing whatever just because it was like. So simple, you know. I didn't yeah. have the the worry of fifteen employees and what's going to happen with this and what, why am I slow this week? Why is it bit, you know? Right. Um, but that, I think that's more than anything else. I think that's the grass is always greener on the other side type thing, and it's yeah. just me having that because when I was 
in that mentality, I probably was like, I just want to own my own business and work for myself and be able to, you know. Yeah. And now that I'm in it, I realize that it's not like that. <laughs> yeah. And that horse is out of the barn already because if you ever did go back to that, yeah, you'd feel like a failure. You know, you'd feel like I quit on my dreams. It'd be a different you behind the bar. You yeah, know? it would definitely be a bitter me behind yeah, the bar. But right. it would be like, I can't believe I'm fucking back here. I would yeah. do it because that's what needed yeah, to be done. Yeah, you'd do it to pay the bills. But, but man, I'd be pissed off writing those checks. You wouldn't be a young dreamer back there. You'd be kind of like a, you know, like you said, a little bitter, you know. Yeah. I remember when I was working in a newspaper in Maryland, and um, I was stressed out about some things, and I was longing to... Because aside from working at the restaurants at night, I worked at AudioVox in um, in the Hop Hog Industrial Park during the day. And uh, literally, we worked in, um, my buddy Scott and I worked in inventory. And we would take, like, broken stuff and pull them apart and put them in, like, baggies. <laughs> so, so, like, so we'd take apart an old phone and, like, the tiny screws would go in certain bags. And then we would have to do some sort of, like, inventory control days. And we'd have to literally count screws. Oh, my God. Like, dump a thousand screws and just make sure there's like you know 50 in each little baggie or whatever it was wow and uh and i shit you not when i was like stressed out at work you know trying to write or having a bad day um i just longed to be back in that like air-conditioned factory counting screws and just you know worrying about my next screw later that night you know what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) i just wanted to go back there so bad and then but as time goes on you just you certainly do get used to it. Someone said to me, even in reference to this podcast, like, oh, yeah, that's a lot, you know, like, it's a big commitment. But to me, it's not. This is what I do. Like, I don't burn out. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. at the Daily News, I mean, every day, it doesn't matter if you were the star the next day. You know, the, after that paper got put to bed, all you thought about was what you had to do next. There was no, right. there was no kicking back. You know, burnout was not a thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so that's something I'm certainly not worried about. But as you know, my point is, as time goes on, um, you do get used to you know these newfound pressures that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll get that much, and it's not you. You you honestly just become detached. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say that. Yeah, and th- and the world still operates. Mm-hmm. You know, your attention to detail now is going to be different than three years from now, but it's not going to be. But your staff is not going to be. Unhappier, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, Hope not. It's just gonna work, you know. Um, and I find that three years later, with, with, with what I'm doing now, little things I used to pay attention to, I don't anymore. But those still things still get done, mm-hmm. you know. It still happens. It still works. The machine still moves. Yeah, the machine still moves. You know, and it, there's detachment at work there for 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 good. You know, not like mailing it in detachment because you have, you're already thinking about bigger and better things. You mm-hmm. know. Um, so it's pretty amazing how that works. Yeah, a lot of that too comes with, I think, setting up systems. I mean, you don't have a lot of any really staff members, but like right. setting up systems with staff members, um, so that kind of operations run. Like, all right, when this happens, do this. When that happens, do that. Um, but also internally, you have those systems too. Like, all right, when this happens, I'm going to do this instead of last time when I did that and that didn't work. Right. And then the next time it comes up, you don't freak out. You're just like, all right, this happened again. I'm just going to do that. And then, all right, what's the next problem? And like, right. you don't yeah. even. You know, so you probably still deal with a lot more things than you realize that you do. You just deal with them so easily now, and a lot of it is so automatic. It's like, I'm not even thinking about that. Like, that shit got done, and how did it get done? Oh, yeah, that's right. I did that Tuesday when I was watching Seinfeld. Right, Like, you didn't even, you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. And and that's kind of my point. Yeah, it just kind of gets easier. Mm -hmm. You get used to it. Uh, After my little fantasy about wanting to go back and count screws, I never (laughs) thought about that again. Right. Because I just got so used to the the, the daily newspaper sort of grind, if you will. Yeah. but uh, I actually, when when I got done with the conversation with my mom, I kind of thought about it a little bit more, 
And then I'm like, yeah, remember that? We used to get home at five in the morning. Yeah. And sometimes like it was like, holy fuck, how did I make it home? Like I shouldn't yeah. have driven. And right, the next right. day you're hung over half the day. You wake up at two in the afternoon. You got to be back at work at five. Like, is that really the light that I'm longing for? Like, right. Nah, you were romanticizing right. about you. Oh, totally. What did Billy Joel say? The good old, the good old days weren't always that good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of all, uh, I forget the exact, the exact phrasing, but um, of all the smoothest liars, memories, of all the liars, memories are smoothest. And it's like, gotcha. it'll, it'll make yeah. you believe this romantic thing. And it's like, that's not how that lasagna tasted. It right. actually sucked. <laughs> but you just had such a good time that night. You didn't care that it wasn't, you know what I right, mean? Right. And your memory just tricks you into these things. So, yeah, this amazing thing in my head of like, I could go back and bartend and do this and that. And life would be great again. And it's like, no, it'd probably suck. And I'd be <laughs> hung over most of the time. Yeah. Probably go back to smoking cigarette, right. cigarettes like I used to. And like, get down that bad path like why would i ever fucking want that no way yeah that's just uh yeah you had a little bit of an escapism fantasy and that's uh Mm -hmm. that's fine too you know yeah i mean however that business was so good to me like i'm so glad that i bartended it's so glad that i worked in that industry for so long because it taught me so much just about people just about you know business about how to deal with things and how not to deal with things when to call a cab when not to call a cab i love this sort of uh bartender thing we got going here we uh first guest was a bartender a second guest was a bartender yeah. you're a bartender um learn a lot from bartenders man because they yeah. talk to a lot of people right, just, that's right, how you right. learn the most just yeah. by talking to people you know i've told like so many restaurants that i've you know i'm writing about them or i'm there for some thing and I'm, i tell the owner if you ever have a fundraiser you need a guest bartender just call me and then i can blow it up on the sites you know um, yeah dude no one ever takes me up on it so but i want someone to dude let's do a tandem That'd be great. Do it. All right. I'm putting it out there. And then if I'm there and someone orders something I don't know how to make, I just you know be like, Yo, Tom, what do I do? Oh man, I've been bought. I've been. This guy wants a gin and tonic. What goes, I what goes how, into that? Wasn't I just saying I don't want to do this again? Now I'm like, let's <laughs> set up a tandem night between us. <laughs> yeah, it's different when you're doing it sort of on your own and um, yeah, and kind of for fun and for charity. Yeah, you got this idea in your head that. Well, Mike and I will do it. It'd be a great night. We we'll work together. We we'll have tons of people coming from the podcast. Uh, yeah, and it's yeah. just like me and you talking to yes, locals. That's like, right. so I'm telling you, we have a podcast. I'm like, what the fuck is a podcast? <laughs> what are you even talking about? Is oh, that man. on BAB? Let's do it at Howard's. We'll guest. We'll guest. Uh, guest bartender up at Howard's up oh, the block. Oh, the cafe. Yeah, the cafe. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, we'll get an order of something simple off the menu, and uh, you know we'll bullshit. Sounds good. Speaking but of- I definitely do think that we should set up. In a couple, you know, in a month or so, we'll set up some sort of night where we're both going to go out and be like, listen, we'll announce it like, hey, we're going to go here on this date at this time. If you guys want to come hang out with us, come hang out with us. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, we'll figure something out like that. Yeah, Actually, you know great. what? When we get done with this podcast, we're going to set up a time and we'll announce it next time. All right. That sounds perfect. Cool. Uh, one place in particular I've said a million times I want to uh, guest bartend at is Painters in Brookhaven. Oh, okay. It's one of my favorite, you know, places to party on, on the island All right. for many reasons. But, um, you yeah. know, hopefully uh, Mike and Craig hear this uh yeah, this podcast, because I'm calling them out. Boys, <laughs> there it is. my offer. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it, right? That went pretty fast. Yeah, dude, we're at about, uh, we're about that time, so okay. probably should wrap it up. All right, very good. Take us out. <laughs> All right, thanks <laughs> for checking in, y'all, and uh, definitely check in next week so that you can hear where we're going to go and hang out in the coming weeks. And uh, Come hang out. Yeah, come hang out. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Up your fears. I've been waiting, reading through my limitations, choosing to move to a higher vibration. An inspiration from above, more enticing than a drug. Cast a shadow from its love, I'm rejoicing what it does. I wish there were palm trees on 495. I wish there were palm trees. 
I wish there were palm trees on four